You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Devastating loss for the Seattle Seahawks. They lose 23-20 to in Pittsburgh in overtime. Tell the two halves. The Hawks go scoreless in the first half. They put up 14 points in the third quarter to make this thing interesting. Finally had a 100-yard rusher. Alex Collins, 20 carries, 101 yards, one touchdown. DK had six catches. Gerald Everett had two catches. Uncle Will got into the mix as well. He had a touchdown as well during the first half. The Hawks couldn't get things going. The second half, they get it rolling. Second half, excuse me, the whole game, they were 3-for-12 on third downs. Pittsburgh was 5-for-14. The Hawks averaged 4.8 yards per play. There was a moment where you thought these guys were going to get it done. There was some controversy. We want to give out some love to Daryl Taylor, make sure he is nice and healthy. He was injured during today's game. But we saw the run game get going. You saw Geno Smith put some drives together. He was 23 of 32. Just came up a bit short. We're going to have a lot to talk about and talk about what this means for the Seahawks. When we return, we'll talk to Steve Rabel. We'll go to the locker room with Jim Mueller. We'll talk to Pete Carroll or hear from Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium and get some reactions from the player as well. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. You're listening to the Seahawks Post Game. I'm Michael Bumpus here with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, Paul Moyer. But we're going to hear from Rabel, Steve Rabel. Man, this was a tough game. First half, Hawks do not score any points. The second half, they get things together. They get the run game going. Um, what did you see in that run game? Um, we all felt that in the second half, they needed to establish themselves in that area of the game. And that's what they did. Got them back in the game. They sure did, and I don't know if they did necessarily anything different. I'm, I'm sure if we, uh, you know, asked Pete or asked one of the coaches, you know, what kind of maybe subtle adjustments did you make, or did you just say, let's just come off the football and belt somebody in the mouth and give it to Alex Collins. Um, that worked as well as anything, and I mean the way they came out at halftime and, and ran the football just right down the Steelers' throats. You know who it took out of the game except to make tackles on the run about seven or eight yards downfield is T.J. Watt. And every time you got into a position where you had to throw, you gave him an opportunity to make plays. So whatever they did, the Seahawks, whatever they did, they did right, and let's hope they keep doing it offensively. I thought it was a great called game, especially in the second half, but everything looks good called by, as Dave uh, or as uh, Paul Moyer can tell you, it looks good when it's effective, when it works. But I think Shane Waldron, they did a great job in the second half calling plays. And, you know, Pittsburgh, they came around every so often. They'd stop the run sometimes. But, uh, again, this was just such a heartbreaking one to lose uh, the way the Seahawks lost it because they played so well the rest of the game. You know where they messed up, Rabel? You said they needed 145 yards to win this ball game. They came up one yard short, 144. Yeah. Yeah, I said you're right. I said 145. They needed a rush for, and they came up one yard short. I'll, you know, I'll give them that extra yard, and and perhaps they'll they'll do a, you know, an autopsy on this on the uh, stats uh, after the fact and find oh they actually had an extra yard somewhere. But, um, you know, it is it was Pete Carroll football. You saw how much it loosened up the Steelers defense to be able to throw in behind them once you could start running the football and and I think we're going to see more of that not everybody's going to have a T.J. Watt on their team to play defense against the Seahawks. Speaking of T.J. Watt I mean the guy was everywhere seven tackles two sacks three tackles for loss I mean people are going to look at that last play and say well Geno fumbled the ball 
I'm thinking it's more TJ making a play on the ball. Ball security does mean a lot, but, man, TJ had a great game. Yeah, I mean, he just did everything right. Don't forget the three passes defense. Remember, he got up and slapped down three pass attempts. Uh, it, it, it is something that, that, you know, you can look at and say, gosh, we need to get our guys sometimes to do that, especially our taller guys like a, a, a Dunlap or somebody. You know, those guys have got long wingspans. If you can get those hands up, you can make it tough on a quarterback. Uh, and, you know, uh, Gino is not a short guy. And yet to have that ball slapped back at him three times by uh, T.J. Watt, he's, he's just he's got that eternal motor. I mean, he's just always going, uh, playing hard, making big plays. I, like I said, I, I hope we never see him again. <laughs> What do you think the message is from Pete Carroll in the locker room tonight? I, I think it's guys. See, you can. We know how you can play. We know what you can do on defense. We know we can run the football. We know we can win a game, even though they didn't win. But we know we can win a game with our starting quarterback and our starting tailback on injured reserve. We know that as a team. You proved it out there tonight. Now let's just go out. We'll look at the film. We'll correct the mistakes. And let's go out on Monday night and make it happen against the Saints. Then Jacksonville comes to town. And then you have a bye week. And then who knows who you'll get back on the field after that time when it comes to that injured list. Two winnable games coming up. Appreciate your time, Ray. We'll get home safely. Guys, thanks. You too. All right. We got a lot more to do. We're going to get interviews from Jen Mueller. We're going to hear from Pete Carroll and the players. All that is next. The Seahawks. Fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 23-20. to 20. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. If there was something positive about this game, there were actually a lot of positives in this game, but the Seahawks as a team rushed for 144 yards. Alex Collins led the way with 101 yards, one touchdown. Travis Homer had two carries for 27 yards. DJ four for 17. That was the difference in the first half and the second half. Second half, that very first drive, I believe it was a 10-play drive, 10 or 9-play drive. They ran the ball eight to nine times. Only threw one pass that first drive, and it was a screen to DK. That's how you settle things down and kind of bring back the fight in your football team. That's what we saw, Turbo. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we talked about it at the end of the first half, you know, only four carries, like you mentioned. And it was just like, look, man, we're putting too much pressure on Juno right now to go out there and execute, and we're not helping him out by – uh, you know, establishing our run game. And we're not slowing down the Steelers' pass rush either uh, by establishing the run game. So we were able to do that in the second half, and you saw the effic- uh, the efficiency in our offense and the, su- and the success uh, we were able to have as well. Yeah, I-, I think, you know, when they came out in the second half, the first half it seems like they were – it was kind of like uh, the first couple rounds of a, of a championship heavyweight fight where you're just trying to fill the dude out. You're throwing some jabs. You haven't thrown any real – body blows, but you're trying to test out to see if the body blows will work. And you know what I'm saying? Then you're trying to like you know, test out the, the, the knockout blow every now and again. And then when it came out in the second half, it seems like the running game helped them establish an identity. Like, they okay, this is who we are. This is how we're going to play. And, and this is something we can hang our hat on. And then it came out, went right down the field. The running game really, like uh, Turbo said, settled the offense down. Uh, it gave uh, the offensive line some tools. Uh, to then attack that defensive line so they're not just dropping back and throwing the ball and, you know, giving those guys a chance to rush the quarterback like they like to do. And so just unfortunate that the game, you know, kind of ended the way it did uh, after that fight to get back into it, you know, because at halftime it was like, man, like, what, you know, what's going to happen? We're, you know, at halftime we're trying to figure out something positive to say during the break, you know. And so they came out in the second half and really established themselves 
uh, offensively, and then and then really made it a ball game. Yeah, well, I'm proud of the effort. I mean, that's that's a heck of a comeback on the road and <clears throat> did some good things defensively. Look, there's gonna be a lot of nitpicking going on again. You know, again, Shane Waldron, they, they changed their game plan in the second half, ran it. Um, when they did throw it, it was effective. They had a big play to Gerald Everett. They had a couple things to, to the backs. Um, you know, it was hard to get the wide receivers open. They tried to do some stuff by even that last play, a two-man route, maximum protection, see if we can hit something over the top. It didn't didn't happen on that play. And, you know, those are those decision-making ones. It's, it's tough because Geno sees something. It flashes. He has a chance. And Watt makes an unbelievable play. And, you know, again, the Twitter world is blaming it on Waldron on there, okay? I mean, it's you, you take chances, um, you fight back, no one's fault. You know, it's a game, again, that we're, we're in a position now we got to play perfect. You know, we, we got a lot of guys banged up, some big-time players. You know, we'll see. By the way, good news sounds like on uh, Daryl Taylor. Uh, they had texted, maybe that was just uh, precautionary things, but I think they signed off. Hopefully we get some news on, on, on good news on that one. Um, well, I think the effort's great. Unfortunately, in this league, it's all about results. Yep. I mean, we're you know we're in a tough situation right now, two and four. Definitely got to win the next two, get to at least four and four at the halfway point, and then get healthy and look. It's anybody's game, right? We we've gone on some pretty good runs in the second half. Seven all right, and let one. Me, let eight me jump in there, Paul Moore. We're gonna hear from Pete Carroll. He's stepping up to the podium. Um, this was a heck of a football game tonight, and uh, the illustration that it shows us that it ain't ever over. You know. <laughs> And that uh, how you start doesn't tell the story how you finish. And um, uh, to see our club to come back like we did in, in so many aspects of our game and and play like that, um, to give us a chance to get ahead and, and, and have a chance to win a football game, man, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And everybody had to hang to do that. All phases had to do it. Um, it, uh, it, was, it was really impressive. <laughs> and... Uh, um, the hard part is we lose, and uh, you know I, I can't help these guys with that one. You know, all the effort, all the all the plays, all, all the, uh, the come through, in in the heart and all that kind of stuff. You know, okay, but we didn't win, so and that's that's just, that's that's the game. But uh, God dang, I'm proud of these guys. <laughs> Jeez, I'm so proud to see that happen uh, and see them fight like that and, and, and turn the game and and. Uh, the guys up front, the offensive line, to play like they did in the second half, come through and, and, and keep knocking line of scrimmage like they did, give our running backs a chance to go. Alex's effort was phenomenal. Uh, DJ Dallas played excellent football for us. Homer was hobbling, and he he, he almost broke one to win it. Um, so there was just a lot of great plays and, and a lot of great effort in this game. But uh, uh, good job by their by their guys. You know They hung tough and, and got the play they needed at the end and uh, finished it off. So... Uh, Credit to Mike and his his team. They, that's this is a great program, and they show you they show you why they do great things. Um, the preliminary, I'm giving you preliminary because I usually don't do this, just because I want to give you something positive. They were clear they, on the, the CT scans were, were clear, um, so that's a really good preliminary report for you. There's more tests to be done and stuff like that, so we're thrilled about that news. Yes. Yeah, and he he was so. He was so mad about having to be taken off the field like that. He wanted to get up. They just wouldn't let him do it because they had to do the, you know, all of the the secure message, uh, methods to take care of him and all that. Man, he he didn't want any part of that. So move hands in like everywhere. Yeah. How tough is it for guys to kind of get back going after seeing to make a double? I don't know. I don't know, John. I don't know. How tough is it? 
it doesn't matter how tough it is. We, we, we just do it, you know, and that's that's what that's what our game calls for. And uh, it's a great competitive group. They really are. And they showed you. They showed them. Though everybody that was watching, they showed them what they're made of and who they are and what they're all about. And uh, those will be the same guys in the meeting room on, on Tuesday when we come back, you know. What was your assessment of Gino's night? I, I thought he, he was solid. I thought he, uh, he he managed the game well. He gave us a chance to win the football game. Um, unfortunately, you know, he gets the ball knocked out on that last play. Uh, I don't know who made the tackle, but it was a great hit, and and uh, you know it kills him because this Gino knew this was these are extraordinary opportunities for him, and he wants to come through, and he wants to show that you know that he can do it and play and and all that, and it, it kills him that, that that he wasn't able to finish it. Um, but I thought he played tough as hell, and I thought he was he was clear and calm and poised, exactly like he'd hoped he would be. And, and uh, this game was not too big for him at all. He was right there. What happened to Alex? Because DJ was in late. Alex had a couple things. He got hit. He got hit in the in the glute, and, and uh, then he got hit in the hip too, on the other in the front of the same side, I believe. So his hip was kind of jacked up. So I thought he played a fantastic football game. He looked so good out there, made so many good plays, and, and all. Um, but he couldn't finish it. How much did that change your deal in overtime and what you wanted to do versus what you did? Well, you know, Alex was Alex was the man. I, I, DJ did a nice job too. When DJ really filled in well for him and, and particularly in the passing game, like we count on him. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, we would love to have had Alex, you know, keep making those runs. I mean, some phenomenal five and six yard runs um, with great feet and, and determination and all that. And uh, we certainly missed him. Did you say anything to Gino uh, after, after the game and what were your thoughts on the play there to just break down and Gino tried to do something in the middle and then lost the ball or no he got hammered he just got he got smoked you know on the on the hit um yeah I did talk to Gino I've talked to Gino the whole night and uh stayed with him the whole time just make sure he he felt the support and and uh and in the calm and in the poise and, and all of that uh Russ did a nice job with him too and and uh coaches did a nice job Gino was Gino was clear he was clear throughout the game and was really there for the opportunities and all that with all, with all the good things that happened that you've pointed out, is it hard to reconcile that with the fact that you lost the game? Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help these guys with, with the, the reality of we didn't win the game, you know. But uh, the things that we did to show who we are, what we're all about, and why we work so hard and care so much, uh, that was there. That was legit. And uh, it really, really deserved the chance to win this game, you know, with, with all of that. And unfortunately, they were they made one more play than we did. How's uh, Damien? Um, his uh, he's got a shoulder AC sprain on the shoulder. How was that debut for Trey Brown? Say it again. How was that debut for Trey I thought Brown? it was really good. I thought he looked really good. The, the opportunities he had, he was right where he's supposed to be for the most part. I, I got to see the film and all that. But uh, when he had the chance to make some plays, he looked like he was on it. That's all he's shown us. You know, like I've told you guys that, that that's that's what he's been doing, and and. Uh, um, that was a really good first go, you know, and here it is on Sunday night and the whole thing, and it was not too big for him at all. He, he's been brought up right in, in the way he played at, at Oklahoma and all in those all those big games and all that. This was not too big for him. He was really poised and, and did a nice job um, and deserves to play more. What was Jason Myers' max field goal into the open end tonight that you would have preferred if you would have gone? Uh, we, were, we were right at it. Uh, you know, that's the one we kicked. The one we kicked, um, you know, it was right at it right there and, and I was in this night I was trying to play defense and back him up and all that and, um, and you know that was just the way we were going to try to play this game keep it close to the vest in a sense and that was the choice um, instead of giving them the ball right there so 
And Pete, I know it worked out in your favor at the end with the, the, the review by the officials. What, what did you sense in what they were trying to it's a good question to bring up because this, and I don't have all of all of the scoop for you, but this is something that we have to talk about, and and I don't know how much I should really tell you about the conversation, but um, the way we saw it was it needed to be challenged, and the way they immediately saw it was that uh, I think he threw it, you know, that's what we were hearing, and so I had to go against what they were what they were telling me, you know, and, and it, their their assessment happened in in just a few, you know. 20 seconds or something like that and I we see real difficult uh, replays go three four five minutes or something like that well I thought this play if if given all of that time we'd have a chance and even though they were you know the recommendation was you, know, you shouldn't challenge this you know I we went against it and, and I thrown the flag and and uh, stayed with it you know we they gave me the choice to you want to give up a timeout or you want to uh, and you want to challenge us? And I said, no, give us a chance. I want to let them see this one. I think we got something here. And then the more we looked at it, you know, I had only seen it once. And then the more we looked at it, it looked like it was, it wasn't really, I didn't think it was a difficult call. And the, you know, his hand, the ball and the axe movement was coming back. He was pulling it down, you know, and pulling it in. So they, they made the right decision. That's a good thing, you know. clarification from the refs on why it actually took that long and what they're maybe even going through? Because we actually heard, Mike Tomlin, as we were walking to this press conference, pretty upset on the length of time and about the whole decision in general. And it seems like you kind of agree about the length. The of recommendation. Time. I mean, here's what I, I tell you. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting in trouble for this. But the recommendation was that it, it was incomplete pass. That was the first thing that came out of the you know the you know the, the officials. And uh, they called it incomplete on the field. And it came when they they look at it quickly. They, that's what came back. And that's why they were telling me, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't challenge this. You know, and, and and because they're already telling us it's incomplete, and so that's, you know, anyway. Sometimes you just got to take a shot. Did you guys expect to get more pressure on Ben tonight? Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did a ton of uh, a ton of run pass stuff. You know, he was reading the defense, and sometimes he throw it, sometimes he run. You saw a lot of perimeter stuff. They've been doing a lot of that in there. That's kind of their run game, and uh, we knew we were gonna have to give and take with that. You know, and and um, so, you know, it was. Um, of course, we would like to get more pressure on him, and, but I thought we we contained the thing. You know, I thought we contained him pretty well, and we you know we held the score down in the second half. The guys played really good, and um, we we were one one score. You know, the one drive in there. The, 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 was there like two or three penalties on the one drive? That, that's that's the one. That's the, we gave him one. You know. Game isn't working the way you guys would want it to. I don't know. The guys are chasing it like crazy, man. You know, we're, we're trying. Um, it just has not been as effective as we would hope. About that seven defensive back package you guys are using. Um, just trying to get our guys on the field and see and, and see what what we can get out of them. You know, we've been we've been, you know, we did a couple different things tonight that we I don't know how they well how well they worked. We were okay on third down, in the second half. For, I think we were one for six. We were one for six in the second half or something like that, which is what gave us a chance to stop them. You know, um, those guys have a little bit of ability to make a play more so than some of the other guys that are out there. And uh, it's it's basically when we can put them in the, the spots that's good for them, you know. Did Jamal not see that ball that hit him? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was really loud, though. <laughs> it smacked him pretty good. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it well enough. You got him going more tonight than we've seen him in terms of rushing. Yeah, I thought I thought he was very active tonight and, and uh, did a nice job. We, we did have a, a number of things um, in the plan tonight. Bigger picture, this is unfamiliar territory for yeah. you guys. Two it or is. four, no Russell Wilson. How do you feel like your players are going to respond to that? No, I think they're uh, – look what just happened. 
you know, and, and this is exactly what we were talking about during the week, that we were going to have to come through, hang forever, and find a way and, uh, to, to, and to support Gino's effort at QB. We were going to take the heat off of him, and it was everybody's uh, absorbing the responsibility to, to, to contribute, and that's what wound up happening, you know, and, and so um, we don't have any other way to do it than that. That's all we get. We have no choice. There's no choice. You know, fortunately, we come back on Monday night, we get another, uh, an extra day, uh, but there are no options, you know. You come back, and we go freaking battle. That's how we do it. What is your message to them? That I didn't have a good answer for them. To, if I could make them feel better, I would, you know, because we lost the game. However, I, I could not uh, talk about the effort and the comeback and the and the grit and, and all of the 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 guts that it takes to, to keep believing and keep counting on one another and keep pushing each other in the way the, the sidelines it was it was gorgeous it was so electric down there and and uh everybody was was feeding off each other and helping each other it was a beautiful thing and that's that's the game gives you those op opportunities sometimes and uh, and that's the, the sick part is we don't get to win you know to capture all of that the way we'd like to it's the only play trey brown is that one drive early before cd got hurt um, no, the plan was to get him in on the third series and then see what happens. With Collins, do you have any idea as to his status going forward? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ballor was revving it up over there. He was getting ready. Anything else? Thanks. Thank you. All right, that was your head coach, Pete Carroll. Autumn is officially here. That means temperatures are dropping, the leaves are changing colors, football is in full swing, and everyone has their favorite beanie on. Grab your favorite beanie and fall gear at the Seahawks Pro Shop in-store or online at Seahawk.com slash Pro Shop. Okay, when we return, we'll react to that interview. We'll also get more interviews from Jen Mueller. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, and Robert Turbin. The Hawks losing overtime to the Steelers 23-20 and dropped to 2-4. and four. The last time this team was 2-4 and four was in 2015, but the good news is, Paul Moyer, they made the playoffs. So <laughs> we'll see how this thing's end up. But uh, we listened to Pete Carroll, and he said he's proud. You know, he, he knew the situation this team was in. They made some adjustments at halftime, came out, decided to run the football, held the Pittsburgh Steelers to only six points in the second half while they all scored them. They put up 20 points in the second half and showed some promise. Like, look, okay, we can adjust. We will run the football. We will get make plays on defense. But it just was not enough. Where I, I, I'm just where? Where do they go from here? What What needs to happen for this team to get back on track? Well, I think the second half is the recipe. Um, it, it's going to be difficult to throw it a ton. You know, look, your backups a backup for a reason. Again, I think Gino is capable of winning games for us. But if we're going to have to throw it 40 times, I think that makes it difficult. It's hard for Russell to do it. So we got to run it. That's number one. Number two is do what we did today defensively. I mean, we stopped the run against a very good running football team. At least they did last week. Uh, you know, you know, we, we know how Smith is. I mean, he's, he's a load for us. I thought we played really well defensively. You know, they gave up a couple. I mean, you can nitpick every play, right? I mean, oh, that one. Well, you know, offensive. Why didn't we keep running? Well, be, a couple times, guys, guess what? They just they went into a front that, that would have been tough to run on, and we lost Alex Collins. It wasn't as successful. So I think the way you go is you keep it positive. You got young players. We got two very winnable games at home against New Orleans and Jacksonville. You win those two. You go on a bye halfway through the season, four and four, and you gear up to make a run and go seven and two uh, in the, the second half. And that's what's going to take. We're gonna, I think we're going to have to get to 11 wins, 11 and six probably gets you in, but it's going to be tough. 
Pete Carroll, man, he um he's a master motivator, right? He finds ways to connect with his players and get them going. How difficult is it going to be, Big Ray, to get these guys going off a, a heartbreak loss? You, you were in, in the game for a while against the Rams. Uh, the Titans sneak one by. How many how many post-game speeches and, and pre, <laughs> pre-practice um, speeches does this guy have left? Well, I used to always – when I coached, I used to say – I tell the guys at the beginning of the season I have six speeches. And so as soon as you use those six speeches up, <laughs> it's all on you. Like, so if we use them up in the first five games, then we don't have any left. Not, but I think the, the cool thing about this game is that it was a tell of two halves. Like in the first half, the offense didn't seem like it kind of had its footing or maybe it wasn't real sure. In the second half, it was absolutely sure of what it could do and, and what it was capable of. That's confidence. That's something to build on. That's, that's something you can look to and say, uh, you know, without Russell – we had a chance to win this game. So there could have been dudes that haven't been around a lot, haven't played a lot, haven't been in those moments a lot, and, and they may have been thinking like, man, we don't have Russell, this is going to be tough. You know, that may creep into your doubt process, you know what I'm saying? But I think the second half showed that, that everyone on that offensive side of the ball, that this offense can be productive with the people that they put out on the field. That's something you can build on. And then like Paul was saying, and the, on the defense, the defense played a, a pretty solid game. You can nickpick the heck out of it. All right, Ray, let me like hop in. Will. Yeah. My bad, big homie. We it's got DK stepping up to the podium. Having so fast, um, I know we lost. Pete, Pete was just in here talking about you know being proud of the fight you guys showed, but obviously disappointing the result. Just what do you make of that second half and what do you guys battle back? I mean, we've been fighting for three, four weeks now, and we still get the same results. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. What did you think of Gino's start? I think Gino did, uh, you know, good for, uh, you know, the, the um, you know, preparation that he had. Came in, stepped up, made some big-time plays. He was a leader out there, leader the whole week. So, you know, um, you know just looking forward to the rest of these, uh, you know, weeks coming coming up. What was that like the week, your first time going through that with, with Gino this week and the preparation? And- I mean, I had Gino my rookie year for uh, preseason. So, I mean, I know I know what to, to expect. He's always been ready, um, you know, for this job. What did Russell Wilson contribute tonight? Uh, he was a great coach out there. Um, and, you know, he prepared Gino uh, the best he could uh, throughout the week. Did you say anything to Gino after the fumble at the end? Uh, I told him just keep his head up. We all had our, our hand in that uh, loss, so, you know, that's it. That, that moment right there when he fumbled. Uh, you lose three games, and then you tell me. How, how are you guys feeling after that 2-4 right now, just as a team? I can't tell you how we feeling, man. We done lost four games. What is it? What is it going to take to turn things around? I wish I had the answer. Thanks, DK. All right, that was DK Metcalf. Obviously disappointed, a little grumpy after a loss. I guess when you lose two in a row and – he fumbled a ball in, in the situation and uh, wasn't a great game for him, I guess, specifically. But end of the day, they had a chance to win the ball game. And I, I hope as he gets older, you know, and more mature, he'll see that and try to pull some positives from the situation, too. Well, the funny part about that interview, that's the first time I've ever seen reporters absolutely cower. I mean, <laughs> cower. Like, oh, I don't want to ask another question. I mean, he just took them and, like, don't ask me another question. Normally, they're going to push it. No one asked him about his fumble on the sideline. Um, you know, look, we all get frustrated. That's, that's life. And as True. reporters, I, I'm not 
jumping on either side. I start getting hammered here, but you, you've got to know. You've got to know the type of questions to ask in those situations. You can't ask these emotional questions you get no response from. So, but boy, he uh, they they said, yeah, okay, you win. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I listen. I thought some of the questions were, you know, kind of bush league. I guess for lack of right. I mean, am I, am I the only one that feels that way? I just, no. you know, what do you? How do you turn this around? I guess that's for us to analyze, right? On you know, sitting behind these microphones, you know. I mean, obviously for him too, because he's he's a player. But in the heat of you know, in in this moment right now, the I don't know. He doesn't know the answer to that. Like I haven't watched a a a, a minute of film or anything yet to to sit here and tell you how we're supposed to turn this around right now. So, but you would have answered. I mean, you would have gave an answer. You would have said something in that situation. It's those are weird questions to me too. But. I might have said something different, but you know, I can see where he's coming from. Where he's saying, "I wish I knew." Yeah. Because in this moment right now, I I just I don't know. You know, uh, but you know, obviously, listen. The team is frustrated. They played a great game. Um, you know, I want to piggyback on something that that both you know Ram and Paul mentioned. Just the fact that th- there's a lot of positives we can look at and take away from this game. You know, I mean, a lot of plays were made uh, on the defensive end. We talked about that before the game. Like, yo, a lot of it just comes down to making the play, like the fifty-fifty ball that's there, like breaking it up and not allowing the receiver to catch the football. And we did that today. And so I you know I think like guys stepping up, you know, a lot of a lot of subs are in the game. No Chris Carson, obviously no Russ. You know, we 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 get uh you know Sidney Jones goes down towards the end of the game and even though Trey Brown was kind of rotating in, but now he's in the game. Makes a big tackle, you know, that was great on a play. on a on a third down. Uh and so, you know, I think even in a loss, these are these are real confident and morale boosters for your team when you have an opportunity to go back, look at the film, and really dissect a lot of the positives that you did in this football game because, quite frankly, there were. Here's the thing, too. We're going to hear some more interviews. How many professions do you have to answer questions publicly about what you did right after the game? You know, yeah. so yes. People may not like the way DK answered the question, but he still stood up there and answered it. And I guess that's something in itself. It's a tough job getting up there and answering these questions. All right. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live or in person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumen Field Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. When we return, we will get more interviews from Jim Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bumpus. Speaking of Trey Brown, he had a big game and he's at the podium live now. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, felt good to be out there. You know, felt good to be out there with my brothers on primetime night. Um, it didn't get any better than that. And uh, man, it was just a wonderful feeling out there. Looking forward to this for a long time. What, what were the emotions? How do you kind of keep all that in check? Man, I was just like, man, this is. As you ask me that question, it's tough to answer because I'm trying to keep my emotions. But, uh, man, it was just like, man, it was it was crazy. Uh, I'm sorry because you know my mind is. But uh, it was just I was looking for this, looking forward to this for a while. And um, they gave me, they called my name. And I was like, man, I got to go up there and make plays. You know, seeing Ben Roethlisberger out there, trying not to be starstruck by anything, you know, because he's a Hall of Fame player. And just seeing all these guys and just being out there for the first time. It was a wonderful, like I said, it was a wonderful feeling to be out there, man. 
Uh, no, you know, uh, coach just said he was going to rotate, you know, um, and uh, I did my job right there whenever he put me in. That, that, I think it was the third down play on uh, one of their late drives where you make the stop. Can you take us through that one? Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I had uh, I had the bell. You know, we were covering four quarters, uh, so I had the bell with my man, and I saw that it was third and four, you know, uh, pre-snap. You know, I saw it uh, down in distance, and so I covered the curl. And I knew when Ben Roethlisberger started scrambling, he was going to dump it off to that guy. So uh, I didn't think I just had to go, you know, put uh, put the pedal to the metal and just run uh, and get a third down stop because that's they needed the first down more than anything. And they were backed up to the uh, their other end zone. And so uh, that's when I went and go trigger and pulled the trigger. Why did you think he was going to dump it? Because uh, uh, his his shoulders were turned, and uh, he was only turned to him. And I already, like I said before, I uh, already covered the uh, curl route, and there was two guys already, you know, right there around him. So when, you, when you're scrambling and you're scrambling to that side and there's one receiver over there and that guy's left open and you got three guys over there on that one receiver, you're going to dump it off to that guy just to get the first down and be safe. So uh, that's when I just knew I had to go make that play. You've been watching these guys unable to do anything for two months. What if this whole time you knew you could have contributed or thought you could contribute? Uh, I mean, you know, just watching those guys, uh, you know, for me, first and foremost, I had to enjoy the process. You know, uh, being injured, you know, for that for that while, it's no fun. And uh, so uh, talking to my uh, talking to my close teammate Bobby, uh, he helped me, you know, through that whole process with my mental, how to handle a lot of things, and uh, just not being able not being able to. Uh, play with those guys, uh, it was it was pretty tough. But uh, I had to control my emotions and be a, a leader on the sideline. And uh, when my number was called, I was going to go out there and make those plays that I know I could make. Wagner. Wagner you're talking about? What did you say, sir? Bobby Wagner. Yes, sir. Just how difficult was this time that you were just coming up to where you're getting some starting reps in training camp and looked like you were competing and then have the injury come up like that. Just how tough was that? Yeah, it was tough, you know, because, you know, um, at first, I didn't have no one to look to. You know, uh, I keep a lot of things uh, to myself. So just dealing with those things sometimes is not a good deal deal to uh, deal to do. And so for me to just reach out to Bobby, you know, and him just because he's been in that position before, and for him to walk me through those things, man, it just it just became a lot easier, and it just made it much more sweeter out there. You know, knowing that I get to play primetime game and go out there and just make those plays, and everybody see you out there on the field. So I just had to go make those plays, and it was just a wonderful feeling. What was the best piece of advice that Bobby gave you? Man, just enjoy the process, you know, because once you get out there and you didn't enjoy the process, you're going to forget what it took to get here. You know, and uh, that's one thing that stuck with me uh, with Bobby, man. He's a he's a great mentor on and off the field, man. He's just a great person. And uh, he just taught me to just be patient, you know, because when you make those plays, man, it's just going to be a feel much more sweeter that you had to go through those things. Take us back to the summer, how you got hurt in the first place. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It was a preseason game. Um, uh, I was on uh, punt. I was on punt return, and uh, I hyperextended my AC. Well, I, I hyperextended my knee and strained my ACL, and so I was out for that for a while for that one. Then my left knee was kind of. I was kind of dealing with an injury since since high school with my left knee. So uh, shout out to those guys for you know taking care of me and making sure while I was healing with my right knee that they. Um, that they were going to uh, help me with my left knee so I can be the best player that I can be. And, uh, man, just looking back on it, that was the best decision I've ever made. What was the locker room like after the game? Who's that? Sorry. What was the locker room like after the game? Everybody was encouraging, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, we lost the game, but, you know, uh, we still got a lot to it's – a, it's a long season, you know. So everybody's like, you know what, let's keep our heads up. You know, we got a lot to do, you know. And uh, 
when we get the ball rolling, it's going to feel much more sweeter like it then again, you know, going through this process. And uh, just when we start winning again, it's just going to, it's going to feel a lot better. All right, that was Trey Flowers made a big play on third down. But before we get any further, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. Conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the twelves hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. Oh, that was Trey Brown, folks. Trey Brown. This guy talks like a veteran. He's young. You can hear the youth in his voice, but the way he described that third down, Paul Moyer, got you excited. What, what excited you about that? Well, there's a bunch of things, and this is why you go and, and sit in a film room with a guy before you draft him, and you have these conversations. What are you seeing here? What, what are you thinking? And, man, he did. He talked that route out beautiful. And it, with that, with that play was, uh, was that third down one where he got Ray Ray, uh, stopped a great play, but it, they were in quarter defense. And quarters is you know basically four deep with two safeties and the two corners, but the way you play that can be very different. You can be in, in jam. You can play that inside outside technique with the corner. In this case, he was playing kind of a soft uh, quarters out there, and so he was hugging the turn route from the number one wide receiver. But he saw you know uh, Big Ben and 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 the back working his way out into the backfield, and. It's just, some things you can't teach, but you're 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 trying to say hold this off as long as you can before, you, and you can't get out flank wide. Um, and he played that perfect. And and you know, uh, bump, we did this film session. That was something that showed up all the time in college. We just kept saying, "Wow, he really understands pattern recognition. He has a great feel for the passing game. He reads a quarterback exceptionally well. We just haven't been able to see it because he's been hurt. That's the first. He looked like a corner." And not just look like he looked like a, a corner that's played that position a lot and understood, again, the whole pattern progression with the defense. That was a highlight for me. What'd you see out of Trey, Turbo? Yeah, man. You know, I, I saw natural instincts out of Trey today. And we talked about it. I remember uh, last week we talked about, you know, what is Trey going to look like? What do you expect from a rookie? And I said, I don't know. Because you can have, you know, there's rookies who just go out there and you have this expectation and they exceed those expectations. Like, wow, man, they, they, they play and they give you this wow factor about them. And then you can have an expectation of a rookie and they can, and they, and they can play below uh, what you expect. Uh, and so I thought Trey Brown, under the circumstances especially, uh, you know, coming back from injury, very difficult, very difficult on the mind, Right. Uh, obviously physic physically as well coming into a prime time game you know he talked about trying not to be starstruck with Ben Roethlisberger and knowing I know that feeling we all know that feeling you know uh and so I thought overall I mean he played a really really good game very sound game from Trey Brown Ray how tough is it for a rookie to battle through injuries and then get a moment to shine prime time Sunday night football and just come through and make that play. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you lose all those reps, right, to get ready, which, so, you know, sometimes when they say uh, it's good just to not know any better, like that's, the, to me, he didn't have the scar tissue of, man, I, I had a bad game or I gave up a pass or I was giving up all these underneath passes or, you know, the media is like raining down on me because I didn't make a play or whatever. He had none of that scar tissue, right? And so he just, his play and then the way he, described that play, was so confident 
You know what I'm saying? It's just like he was so assured of himself. And so that's the way he played. Like, you know, just even when they were showing the replay and then Paul was kind of breaking us down, breaking it down like what was happening in the replay, and then for him to kind of speak it the same way in the thought process, like I knew there's enough guys back here and they're scrambling. He's going to have his shoulders turned. The awareness that was going on in all of that, the the information he was processing in all of that moment is an indication that there was he didn't have the lasting effects of, oh, man, the last time I did this, I didn't make the play. He just had assurance that he was going to make the play, and it just kind of showed in how he communicated. One of the bright spots in tonight's game, Trey Brown. Calling all gamers that love to compete or just love playing with friends. The Seahawks have launched a new team-led gaming community called the Seahawks Sandbox. The new gaming club is a space for 12s across the nation to test their skills and escape reality. To learn more, visit Seahawks.com sandbox. When we return, we'll hear from Geno Smith as he steps to the podium. The Seahawks losing overtime to the Steelers, 23-20. to Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, and Robert Turbin. Right now, let's go back to the podium. Geno Smith is live. Final drive. Uh, score. You know, score, man. Um, gosh, man, hate coming up short, you know. But uh, hard-fought game. Um, I love the way our line played, man. They really set the tone in that second half. Uh, really gave us a chance, you know, to come back and win it. And, uh, you know, that, that last drive, man, you know, that's all I was thinking, man. Just take us down there and score somehow, some way. And, Man, we can't keep coming up short. I can't keep coming up short, you know. I put that on myself, you know, back-to-back weeks. Our defense gives us us a chance to go out there and score, give me the ball, and, uh, you know, we don't get it done. And so, you know, that's solely on me, and uh, I vow to be better. What do you make of the, everything else that happened leading up to that, the way you played? I mean, honestly, man, you know, it's a lot to take in right now, but uh, I think we showed – you know, for the most part, who we are as a team, you know, to be down and to come out in that second half and play the way that we did. I mean, that speaks to every man in that locker room. And, uh, you know, it's tough. It's super tough. Uh, but one thing I know about this team, is we're not going to hang our heads. You know, we're going to bounce back. We're going to find a way to bounce back and get a, get a win. What, what changes did you guys make between the first half and the second half to, to move the ball so well and score? Well, you know, number one, our line, you know, they were moving guys. They were mowing guys the whole whole second half, man. They, they did a phenomenal job in the run game and in pass protection. Um, and I think, you know, as far as changes go, I wouldn't say there was, were many changes. I just, I just think, we you know, we finished better. We, we finished better. We played with clean hands, didn't have many penalties. And, uh, you know, we got in the end zone. What asset was Russell Wilson for you this whole week and tonight? Man, Russ, is, Russ was great, as always, man. Um, and he was great on the sidelines. He's been great throughout the entire week. You know, obviously, you know, rehabbing and getting himself back ready. But also, you know, helping us out, you know, helping helping that QB room out. And uh, on the sideline, man, he was, you know, in my ear the whole time, uh, you know, feeding me good knowledge and, uh, you know, also being positive. And so, you know, I just I appreciate Russ, you know, for that. Last play, you're rushing up the field. You're running up the field. Did you see Watt at all? Did that come from out of nowhere? No, nah, I didn't see him. Um, you know, I had two hands on the ball. I was getting ready to tuck it. You know, and, and you know, get as many yards as I could and slide. And uh, I mean, you know, he's a great player. What, is, what was the, the whole experience like for you of getting your first start in a long time and just doing all this? Uh, I mean, it was you know. Pretty much the same as always, man. I'm always focused on the task at hand. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about myself, you know, but I would say I was super calm in the moment. I just felt like the whole time I was just, you know, just, just staying in the moment. And, uh, 
you know, it was fun. It was awesome. You know, it really was to be out there with the guys competing, uh, you know, giving ourselves a chance to win. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't we didn't get it done, but it was it was fun to be out there. What kind of spark did Alex Collins get in the end? Man, Alex is a amazing player, amazing player, man. He's a stud, man. He, you know, he just does what he's supposed to do. He comes to work every day. He's always on point. He's always, you know, positive, and uh, he's a stud. You know, I, I can't say enough good things about Alex. Anything else? Thanks, Gino. Thank you, That was Geno Smith. Had a decent day, 23 of 32, 209 yards, and one touchdown. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon. With 5G built right for the Seahawks, Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. Let's go back to Pittsburgh. Bobby is at the podium. What you guys got for me? What's going through your mind right now after this one? Uh, it's definitely a frustrating loss. Um, you know, one that, um, you know, we could have had, I think, that first half, you know, falling behind. Um we could have avoided that, but I like how we fought back. We gave ourselves an opportunity to win, and um, it's just unfortunate that it didn't turn out that way. What's just kind of the mood of this team right now, knowing you guys kind of dig yourselves out a little bit of a hole now? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, it's a tough loss. It's, um, you know, especially when it comes down to a field goal or we're going to overtime, and um, the way we kind of battle back, it makes it, you know, a lot tougher. But um, it's a long season. There's a lot more games to be played a lot of um, improvements that we can make and um, we just got to move on to the next game. We can't let this game, um, you know, work its way into the next week. What did you see improved or work tonight, Bobby, defensively? Um, I felt we did a better job in, in uh, pass coverage. You know, I think they um, tried DJ a couple times down the middle. Um, you know, I think we were really good in tackling. Um, we got off the field. Um, I think our numbers was like 5 and 14, uh, something like that. Um, a third down, which is, is huge for us. So, you know, we have some improvements, but, um, you know, we have to do more. we got to find a way to get the ball, um, you know, put our offense in better positions. There's a lot of stuff that, that we can do better, that we can um, – they're easy fixes, and um, we'll get it done. Would your rookie, Trey Brown, give you credit to you quite a bit for preparing him and keeping him through the injury? Um, he did great, man. You know, we, we talked a little bit before um, – you know, going out to the game and, you know, I just told him play free. Um, I, I know it was a long time ago, but I still remember being a rookie and there's a lot going on in your head and, um, you know, you don't want to try to do too much. But, you know, he had a really big tackle um, on that third down, you know, where a guy could have got a first down had he not uh, broke so quick. So uh, I'm excited to see him kind of grow and get more opportunities to play. And it's going to be fun to watch him play. He said you helped him a lot through just the injury situation of being out, kind of the frustration there or whatever. What kind of advice were you giving him while he was waiting to get healthy? Um, I just recall my, I think it was my third year. Uh, I think I had a foot injury that kept me out like five weeks or something like that. Um, and there's a lot go through your mind, a lot of stuff that, um, you know, a lot of the times we try to, we think so much about the future that we don't uh, pay attention to the moment. So really I was just trying to tell him to be present and you know, to me, whenever you get hurt, there's something that you're supposed to focus on and, and there's something that you're supposed to get better at. So I just told him to find that and focus on that and get right. And when his time is, um, when he's ready and healthy to play, um, he'll be better than what he was before the injury. So, um, yeah. Bobby, bigger picture, you guys haven't been 2-4, I don't think, since you've been here. You haven't been without Russell. How do you just process the entire state of things right now? 
Um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we just got to win. You know, I think today we gave ourselves an opportunity to win. Um, it's unfortunate it didn't turn out our way, but um, there was a lot of things that we improved. Um, even on offensively, you saw the second half, we were able to move the ball. And so if we can put that together for four quarters, um, I think we'll be good. We just got to um, do our jobs and, and execute the right way and, you know, hold it, hold it down until Russ gets back. Is it on your mind at all that a lot of the young guys in the locker room are going to be looking to you and how you carry yourself going forward to dig out of this hole? I mean, I always, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much the same, man. You know, never too high, never too low. So, um, you know, if they're looking at me, I'll give them everything they need to get through this. This is, there's a lot more, you know, worse positions to be in. I think we have a great opportunity to win these next two games and winning next two games and going to the bye week. Um, you know, feeling feeling better than what we are right now. His coaching style and how optimistic he is, even when things are not going well. Do you, do you think that serves you guys well right now with the situation you're in? I think you have to be because if if you go in and you get down and you come in and and um, you know everybody's moping around, everybody has bad energy. That's the type of stuff that carries into the next game, and so we can't have that you know carrying into the next game. We gotta um, you know really feel this loss, um, go back to the drawing board, look at the the things that we could have done better, and then come Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it is, we gotta let it go and we gotta focus on the next opponent, and we have to come out and we have to win that game. And once we win that game, we gotta win the next one and just. You know, try to put a you know strengths and wins together. What have you thought of the two times Gino's been out there for you guys? Um, I thought he did well. I thought he had the pressure well. There's a lot. I mean, you know, filling a guy like Russell's shoes is, is not an easy task for anybody. So, um, you know, whenever something happens, everybody's the first thing you're going to do is is compare to what Russell would have done. And so, um, that's a lot of pressure. But for him to have that type of pressure and come back and be as, as poised as he was, you know, in that second half and, and give us an opportunity to win the game. Um, you know, it's something that you can respect and something that you, I feel like he can grow and we can uh, move forward into next season, just our next uh, game and really build off that. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, that was Bobby Wagner, led the team with 14 tackles today. Jordan Brooks also had 14 tackles. He's standing by with Jared Everett. With Jim Miller, that is next on your Seahawks radio network. Welcome back to the Seahawks post game show. Let's go down to the locker room. Gerald Everett is standing by with Jim Mueller. This is certainly not an easy loss, but where are the positives on the offense? The positives on the offense tonight is that we definitely have a lot of heart. You know, we have playmakers and they made plays tonight, but just not enough plays and you know, a lot of flags, a lot of fumbles. So that's something that we're definitely going to have to hone in and correct. First half to second half, certainly there was the running aspect and, and just kind of getting the ball on the ground. But right. what else was the difference there? Well, just really, you know, doing our assignments and just trying to come out and be the best team that we can be in the best offense. It just so happens that we couldn't do it tonight through the entire course of the game. And, you know, Pittsburgh, they deserved this one tonight and it came down to the wire. Opening drive of the third quarter, it was, I think, all Alex Collins. How did that help everybody settle in and just run the offense? He definitely got us going for sure in the second half. You know, running like a madman and hitting the gaps and cutting. I mean, that's what he does every day in practice. So definitely love to see it translate to the game. And that was definitely our spurt that we needed. That was the running back drive that followed with the tight end drive. I think you picked up 40 yards all by yourself. First of all, how did you spin out of those two tackles? Well, just really trying to give everything I got from my team. You know, just trying to see what that what happens with that. But, um, you know, Alex definitely started the drive. And, you know, we rep that play in practice. And that's just what happens. It's the National Football League. So you got to do as best you can. And then Disley gets in. 
it was, it was nice to have another tight end cap it, right? Right, right, right. You know, that's what teammates are for. You know, we pick each other up and we finish drives and we cap it off. Speaking of, I think Gino is being pretty hard on himself right now. For sure, now. for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's a great quarterback, even better person, and along with Russ. But, you know, we're definitely going to be hard on each other, and we're going to be honest tomorrow in film review and definitely going to see what we could have fixed. All right, but there were improvements made, Michael, tonight as, as you look at the stats and some of the different coverages and what they were able to get going. Thanks, Jen. Gerald Everett had a decent day, two receptions, 40 yards, one big play, 41-yard gain. We're going to go back to the locker room. Jordan Brooks is standing by with Jen Mueller. Jordan, this was a tough one. What does Pete say afterwards? We just got to stick together. Um, we're 2-4 right now. So everybody outside of these walls, you know, they're going to fall away from us. And um, but the thing that we got to do right now is just stick together, rally around each other, and keep bouncing back. What improvements did you see by the defense? I think we made a tremendous amount of improvement uh, from the previous weeks, uh, just staying deep to short. Um, and some of our coverage is stopping the run, I think, that we fought, you know, today. And so it's a lot to be proud of from this loss and uh, a lot to build moving forward. How about the play of the rookie Trey Brown? That was a huge tackle on the third down play. Yeah, um, I just told Trey, man, keep it going. You know, he made a big play for us. I thought he came in and played well, you know, in a, in a hostile environment, pretty much his first game. And so I'm excited for the future of Trey. And um, I, we're just going to rally around him and help him keep growing. We just switched our front. We played a different front today to uh, than the previous fronts we've been playing, and um, and so that's what you might have seen. So that was really to hold Najee Harris in, in check, right? Which mm -hmm. I did a pretty good job. Of. How mm -hmm. would you evaluate the effort in the run game? I think it was it was better. Um, like I said, we went to a different front. It was a lot more cleaner for the linebackers and the safeties. And um, it's still stuff that we got to clean up, obviously. It's a good back that they have. And uh, I think with that front that we have moving forward, we should be great. Lastly, it's not just about the defense. It's the way the offense plays and the way they moved the ball in the third quarter. How did that just kind of help everything together? Pete came in here in halftime, and he said we got to run the ball. <laughs> and he, he made that a point. And, and that's exactly what we did. People can say what they want to say about, you know, how the game ended, but I thought that the offense played the off in the second half, and I couldn't be more proud of Chino and the offense moving forward. So it's a lot to be proud of. I'm happy. I'm good because I know we're going to bounce back. I was Jordan Brooks, 14 tackles tied with Bobby for the team league. Um, he says he's happy. Yeah. I mean, he obviously he's not happy because of the loss, but he's happy because he feels like this team is moving in the right direction. Well, you can go one of two ways. You can – Put your head in the sand and and mope around and be depressed or I don't know if happy is probably the right word like like you said but I, I think w what they feel like is okay we defensively worse is behind us we maybe they found a front that works and I'm looking at all the young guys man you got Jordan Brooks DJ Reed Jamal Adams you know even Sidney Jones you got Daryl Taylor Trey Brown outside of Bobby those are your top tacklers today. You know, and so, um, you know, so there's a lot of pause. And I think what they saw also is Pete came in and said, stop messing around. This is our identity. And and, and particularly with, you know, Gino, we, we got to run the ball. This is just man on man. Let's, let's go. You know, that's it. There's nothing else. I mean, it was a terrible first half for them. And they righted it. I mean, look, we scored 20 points in the second half. 20. I mean, with a backup quarterback and you're missing your top two running backs – 
you know, so there, you got to take the positive because to me, there's no way to go. I mean, you can't get negative about this. At least I don't believe you. we got to improve. But I, I like the attitude from uh, Jordan Brooks on that one. Yeah, and to me, like if you get over the loss of the game, you can see the improvement within the game. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that they lost the game. And that's why I was saying, like, when if you look at what they did on offense in the second half, they established who they were, who they wanted to be, and they did it in a major way. You know, I think when we came down here at halftime, the whole time of possession was like nine minutes to 20 minutes, and they had the ball nine minutes in the third quarter alone. You know, and so uh, and then the yard, the, the total yardage uh, numbers kind of flipped in the in the third quarter. So they did some things like on offense that kind of established an identity for them that they could get behind, believe in, trust in, execute on, and then all the stuff that you've been you guys have been saying that you've seen on the defense. You know, the coverage was a little tighter. Uh, Paul, I think you were saying that like uh, the 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 average catch was like six yards or you know whatever less than that, you know less than that and so yeah. there's some good things that were happening it's just unfortunate that they that they lost the game but there, there are some things that they're going to look at you know whenever when the dust settles and they're going to go like okay yeah we lost the game I can but you can feel good about the improvement that you see and then that's when you can say like hey it's a long season we have time to kind of course correct and we can get better and, and build on these types of things. Yeah, I think uh, the way that Jordan approached his post-game presser just now is a good indication of how, you know, some of the leaders on this team are. Mm-hmm. You know, a good indication of how, in general, how the locker room may have been post-game. And so for him to have this bright, uh, you know, attitude and outlook on the future of this of the season and, uh, you know, how the team is right now, um, I thought it's great. Um, it it can really be beneficial for your whole team's morale. Uh, There's still things to be done. And, and Paul, I think you said it best. You know, there's only two ways you can kind of go about this thing, you know, mope around or basically not, right? You know, get in gear and get ready for next week. And, I mean, this is what this league is all about. You know, whether you win or lose, you know, you celebrate or you obviously – uh, I don't want to say more, and that's probably too strong of a word, but obviously, like, you know, you have to go through some of the uh, the emotions of having a loss. But then you got to gear up, man, when you go to the facility the next day or the day after and get ready for the next week and your next opponent and your next challenge. And so that's where we have to focus on uh, moving forward. You know, as a team, there's a lot of positives, like I mentioned earlier, that we can take from this game, and as long as we are able to, you know, kind of focus on that and build off of those things, I feel like we're headed in the right direction. Honestly, yeah. I do. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to say a real quick comment uh, what uh, Turbo just said, because for everybody out there listening, you hear the frustration from the players, you know, and, you know, everybody deals with it different. You actually mentioned something about mourning. It, we actually do go through that as players, you know, and coaches. I mean, you put your whole week into one day, you know, three hours, and you, know, you, you win, you feel I don't even sometimes feel great. Sometimes just a relief, you know, but you feel pretty good after a win. And a loss is a sense of mourning. And it takes a little bit to get through that. But it doesn't mean you got to be really negative. It's just, hey, this is how I'm, I'm down. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little depressed right now. Give, give me a couple hours and, you know, we'll, we'll get this back. So just for those listening, that, that is a, I thought you actually brought, I think mourning is probably a pretty good, pretty good word that they go through. Yep, got to remember, these guys are human, uh, and there are some positives to take away from this, okay? When we come back, we'll get more interviews. We're here from DJ Dallas. Your Hawks lose in overtime, 23-20 to to the Steelers. 
Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. The running backs definitely got involved in the second half. Let's hear from one of them. DJ Dallas is with Jen Mueller. DJ Pete Carroll said at halftime, you needed to come out and run the ball in the second half. You did that. What did that do for the offense in general? Uh, sparked. We, we it created a spark. Alex Collins came out and, you know, he let us down and, and I got in there a little bit. And we, everybody was just like, yeah, let's just run the ball. Let's be physical. Let's make them play to our style. It does seem like it changed not just the offense, but the defense. That felt like Seahawks football oh, in the third no quarter. doubt, man. It felt great to run the ball down their throats and just, oh, it, just it just felt good. It felt good. It felt good. You mentioned Alex Collins. His running style is different than anybody else in that room. What does he bring on the field? Uh, he's, he's decisive. That's I can just describe Alex as a decisive runner. Like he, he brings that uh, to the table. Like. So then, after he had so much success, it was really tough to find that same measure of success in the fourth quarter in overtime. What happened? What were they seeing and and, and stopping up there? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to probably just go to the film and, and just check it out and just get better from it. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like we. We just didn't finish. That was, that's what it was about. We just got to come out and just finish next time. There were positives in this game. Oh, no doubt. Like the offense. And then you mentioned the way you didn't finish. So what's the level of disappointment over the outcome? Uh, I feel like we, we gave 100% effort 100% of the time. So we can, we can live with that. It's just the finish portion of it. As for Gino, who I know is taking this really hard, what do you tell your quarterback? You got your back, bro. We got your back. I told him in the locker room, we got your back, bro. It's it'll this will blow over. We got the Saints coming up, so let's let's go handle them. There you go, DJ Dallas, part of a running backs effort that went for over a hundred yards today. Michael Bumpus, as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, these running backs really got involved. Alex Collins, twenty for one oh one. Travis Homer, two carries for twenty seven. DJ Dallas, four for seven. Team Turbo, did you like what you saw? I already know what you like. I already know you liked it. But uh, <laughs> give me something you saw from these running backs. Opportunities is what I saw. Um, you know, only four carries in the first half. And then in the second half, you know, they allowed the running backs to, you know, kind of get a better feel for the game, get some carries, uh, get the ball in their belly, and really get a feel for what was going on with that Steelers defense. Um, it took a lot of pressure off Geno, and it, and it allowed the – the, really the, the offense as a whole to really catch a rhythm and start making some plays. Uh, but last week I was really critical of Alex Collins. I thought he missed some holes. Uh, I thought he left a lot of yards out there on the field. And he came back this week and he played, you know, damn near a perfect game. I mean, he, you know, he was uh, decisive. You heard that in DJ Dallas's uh, pressure there. He was decisive in, in making decisions uh, with his runs. Uh, which is huge because a lot of times, you know, you'll find yourself as a running back kind of second-guessing, oh, is, is the hole there, is it not? And then, you know, you lose two yards or you leave some yards on the field, you get four when you could have had eight or nine. Uh, so being decisive is a, is is really an underrated aspect of playing the running back position. So for Alex Collins to have that and to be consistent with that in this football game today really led him and allowed him to be successful Love what I saw out of the offensive line. They got off the football, man. They were running guys off. We talked about that at the end of the first half as well, right? They've been going backwards the whole time. Give them an opportunity to be in attack mode and start to slow down some of these defenders, especially as it pertains to the pass rush. So 
Love overall what I saw of the run game today. Yeah, I think you you hit it on the head when you said they just had opportunities. I think uh, Alex had maybe four carries for roughly 20 yards in the first half, but he was averaging roughly you know five yards a carry. And but there were times where he'd pick up a you know four or five yards, and then we go back to an empty set. So like as just the mentality of an offensive lineman, uh, you know when you're when you're when you're gaining yards like that, you want to kind of keep imposing your physical will on this other person because it slows the pass rush down. Even as great as T.J. Watt is, and he plays the run well too, but if you're running the ball at him hard a lot and he's having to get off blocks and double teams and triple teams and he's getting run over in the pile that's trying to make the tackle and all that kind of stuff, it does slow you down a little bit. It, I don't care how relentless you are. It, 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 it takes its toll. And so the second half, they just I felt like, you know, I don't know, hopefully this same identity shows up uh, next week because then it will – it will add value to the ability to throw the ball. I think they found themselves, and I hope they stick with this approach. It was fun to watch in that second half. Okay, when we return, we will preview next week's opponent, the New Orleans Saints. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Here's right back to the line of scrimmage. A handoff to Collins. This time he's down into the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Alex Collins, this drive has your name all over it, and the first thing – Geno Smith does is goes back and congratulates all the offensive linemen because they just blew people off the ball on that entire drive from two yards out. The Seahawks run their way right back into this thing. Great run by the Seahawks to get it going in the third quarter. Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. It's time to move forward, fellas. Another primetime game coming up next week, Monday Night Football. The Hawks play the Saints. Moyer, what can you tell me about these Saints? Is Drew Brees still on the team? Now, Drew has uh, a nice hair transplant, though, that's grown in really <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. No bruh. gray hair, nothing. Bruh. Look, look, if Why you, you have can to do afford that to it, Drew, man. I'm just uh, what is it? Is it is a secret? I know it, right? I mean, we all know he it. Sometimes I think he looks good. I honestly look to me that's a commercial. All men should should do that if they can afford it. I don't need it, but that's another story, Ray. <laughs> Ray, yeah. um, I have no hope. Look, I'm going to start on the defensive side because I think we know offensive, and you guys talk about that. This is going to be a challenge for us because they are going to do everything they can to force us to throw the football. That is their game. I mean, they've always been that way, and they've got some boys up front that are they're they're pretty good, man. I mean, most of us know about Cameron Jordan, which is crazy. He doesn't even have a sack this year, but they're coming off a bye. You know, so they're going to be very well rested for us, plus a Monday night game on, on top of that. I think their secondary is really good. You know, you got Marshawn Lattimore, who's playing well, and they got this uh, rookie out of Stanford, uh, Paulson. I think it's Adabo is his name. And then Malcolm Jenkins as well. So secondary's tough. They put a lot of pressure on them because they're going to be up in that box, and they're going to say, throw it and we're going to come after you. They're number two in the league at yards per attempt on the rush. They're fourth in the league in total yards against the rush. So as good as this felt today, we're going to have to man up. It's going to be a battle next week. Yeah, definitely definitely going to be a battle, man. Uh, like you mentioned, good, good defense. Um, obviously, they've got some explosive players on the offensive side of their ball, uh, Alvin Kamara being one of them. Uh, he's going to be a huge test. For our defense, uh, because of the versatility that, that he has and the, the many things that he can do, Taysom Hill, kind of, I don't even know what the word is to to even call 
what he position he plays. He's like a jack of all trades kind of player. He can throw it, he can run it, he can catch it, he can block. Uh, so they like to hide him and and do a bunch of things with him. So I'm sure defensively, uh, our eyes will be keyed on him uh, to make sure he doesn't get loose. But it'll be a good test. But I but it's certainly a winnable game. You know they have three wins this year. They're above 500. But you know, listen, they you know they beat the Giants and the and the and the Patriots and the Jaguars. Okay, so it's not like you know they've they've beaten teams that are just you know, spectacularly good or even playoff teams for that matter. So um, great test for us, but certainly a game that we can go in and win. Yeah, I I would agree with everything that was just said. Uh, You know, I do think, you know, defensively they're going to make you, you know, throw the ball and you're going to have to really prove that you can run the ball against this team. The, the, The guy that scares me is Alvin Kamara because this dude can explode running the ball and catching the ball. And he is a tough dude to tackle. And so whoever's, you know, you know, coming up to make those tackles, you can't you have to wrap up. You can't just knock this dude down. His balance is incredible. When he, when they were here, uh was it last year they played here? And uh and it was just you know, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. I mean it was just like he was weeble wobble but I won't fall down. <laughs> like that's what it was. I mean he just kind of broke tons and tons of tackles. And then, you know, sometimes with Jameis Jameis Winston, he has a couple games every year where he looks like a world beater. And so you can't let him gain a lot of confidence. So you can't have him complete. It's like uh, a, a guy that uh, – a shooter seeing the ball go through the hoop. Once he starts seeing him go through the hoop, he, hoop, he gains more confidence. So, so if there's a lot of underneath passes, he's completing passes, completing passes, completing passes, feeling good about himself, he could be, he could be a problem. He does have a big arm. He can, he, he's thrown for a bunch of touchdowns, but he's also thrown for a bunch of interceptions in his career. So – you could, you know, just making sure you keep those guys under wraps is going to be important. Real quick, bump too. I, I made a mistake. They, they actually lost to the Giants. Mm-hmm. They beat the Packers. Obviously, the Packers are a really good team this year. It was the first game of the season. Uh, so that's really the only playoff caliber team that they've beaten other than that, uh, just the Patriots and the Jacks. Any given Sunday or any given Monday <laughs> in this case. So you got to stay ready, man. Saints are coming into town. I'm sure the Hawks are looking to correct a lot of things. Okay, today's final score, Steelers 23, Seahawks 20. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, Nasa Chobie. Next week, the Seahawks return home to Lumen Field to battle the Saints on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Steelers 23-20. to Talk to you guys next week. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Paul Moore, and Robert Turbin. Unfortunately, we're talking about another loss. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Seahawks in overtime 23-20, to and we are joined by the professor. Now, John, I think the, the feeling we have in this room is that, yes, this was a loss. It didn't look good in the first half, but that second half showed some promise. The Hawks um, – get an offense going. They go on a nice drive to open up the third quarter. They get the run game involved. They rush for 144 yards. There are some good things to take away from this game. 100% because, again, this is a game that they're in a position to try to win. They just couldn't get it over the top. But what what impressed me is that they had so many things to fix up, and they fixed up a bunch of the stuff. Maybe not everything, but they fixed fixed up a bunch of the stuff in the sense that I thought the key – even though we can talk about the offense and everybody wants to talk about the offense and rightfully so is that 
what came together on defense. Because for the first time this year, you saw a little bit of sync with the defensive backs, the linebackers, and all those guys in the secondary, uh, you know, trying to play together. And I think that that worked out. I mean, DJ Reed had a great game. I thought that, I mean, even though he takes criticism like crazy, because I think that they think that Jamal Adams is Superman and can do everything. I thought that he had a good game. Sure, he got hit in the face uh, with a pass that he could have intercepted. But I thought that the fact that he was there to be in a position with his face as opposed to being, you know, five, six yards away was good. I thought that, uh, you know, they mixed things up as far as the cornerback position because even before Sidney Jones got hurt, you know, they were able to get Trey Brown in there. And Trey Brown came in after Sidney uh, got hurt and did a good job. So I thought a lot of that came together. And I thought they were able to get some things together with the pass rush, which was more encouraging that we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Couple injuries, John. We saw Damian Lewis go off. We saw Alex Collins go off, and obviously the scary one, Daryl Taylor. Uh, just any updates on those that you may have heard? Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know the full results, but uh, you know, it looks like uh, you know Collins suffered a hip glute type a glute type of injury. We don't know how bad that is. The encouraging thing on Daryl Taylor is that uh, they carted him off. They took him to the hospital. His extremities were all fine. There was nothing that uh, he showed that was broken, and he was able to get back fast enough that they were able to make it back on the plane back to Seattle. So that has to be encouraging. As far as Damian Lewis and that AC joint shoulder, we just don't know. And you can see when Damian's not out there, it's not as good. I mean, you can see problems because Jamarco Jones got beat several times, and you know they need Damian jo- Damian Lewis. Hey, uh, John, considering that, you know, there's a lot of new pieces, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on this team, one of them being Shane Waldron, trying to f- figure out, you know, what exactly, you know, his offense looks like here and, and, and how to you know, mold it with what Russell does and now what Geno does and what Pete wants. Is it really realistic for us to see an offense that is consistent and just clicking on all cylinders, considering all the newness? No, you can't. I mean, you can't see it clicking on all cylinders because all cylinders would mean Russell Wilson's the quarterback, and Russell Wilson's not going to be the quarterback until Green Bay. Hey, John. So when you take yeah, when you take that in mind, what you're looking at is that uh, you know they're going to go ahead and uh, you know I, I thought that Geno did a lot of good things tonight. I mean, the fact that he was able to get 20 points, sure, it was a bad turnover, you know, to lose the ball in overtime the way he did and give him the game-winning field goal. But, you know, I think there was a bunch of stuff that, you know, you can see that he still needs to work on. Like, I don't know if you agree with this, but one of the things that I noticed, and I could be completely wrong, but it seemed to me that Russell Wilson was talking to him about this, is that you you see him when he drops back, and he doesn't move up as well in the pocket when you can move up well in the pocket. And so I think because of that, he had some passes batted down that, you know, if he was a little bit back and more in the pocket, that wouldn't have happened. And that's something that, you know, when you haven't played for five years or so, that, uh, you know, you, you just have, haven't had the time to fix and you learn from, and I think you'll learn from that. But I think that they got that going, and I st- still think the big mistake in the first half was not running the ball well, more because they hardly ran the ball. And, of course, because when they started to throw it, they just didn't get any plays. And, of course, the thing that they also need to do is fix up the third-down conversions because it seems like each week – 
whether you're playing the worst third down conversion team in the league or the fifth word third third down conversion defense in the league. I mean, they can't can get the third down conversions that they have to fix. But I think this was a good start for the offense with Geno Smith and what he was able to do. All right, John, man, we appreciate your time. You have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Okay, when we return, we will go through some of the highlights of tonight's game. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. It's time to break down some of these highlights. In the first quarter, not much went down, bunch of punts. In the second quarter, Najee Harris caps off an eight-play, 54-yard drive with this five-yard pass from Ben Roethlisberger. Here comes the blitz. Roethlisberger looks far side. Harris makes the catch, and he's in for the touchdown. Benson Mayowen was right there on coverage, but... Najee Harris just runs a little flare out into the flat left side for five yards, and the Steelers get on the board first. I was going, check, check, base, base, base. (laughs) We cannot have a defensive end covering a running back spread out wide like a slot. That was just they saw something. We didn't make an adjustment. Easy throw, easy touchdown. Easy throw, easy catch. Later on in the first quarter, the Steelers go on a 14-play, 84-yard drive. Capped off with Eric Ebron, one-yard touchdown run, making the score 14-0 Pittsburgh. And the handoff goes to the tight end, and he dives in. Eric Ebron on a handoff, coming to the tight end from right to left, turns the corner, and dives into the end zone from one yard out, and the Steelers take a 13-0 lead. Yeah, that was uh, we started the game with a tight end fly sweep action for minus one yard. They finished a drive with a tight end fly sweep action with a two-yard touchdown. <laughs> The difference in the game. All right, hey, so in the third quarter, Turbo, these guys come out and say, we are going to run the football. The Hawks go on a 10-play, 75-yard drive. They threw the ball one time in 10 plays. Alice Collins gets this two-yard run, making the game 14-7. Here's right back to the line of scrimmage. A handoff to Collins. This time he's down into the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Alex Collins, this drive has your name all over it, and the first thing – Geno Smith does is goes back and congratulates all the offensive linemen because they just blew people off the ball on that entire drive from two yards out. The Seahawks run their way right back into this thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ask and you shall receive. We talked about it at the end of the first half that we needed to run the ball. They were able to do that. Coming out in the second half into the third quarter led to a touchdown. All right, that made the score 14-7, to but the Steelers would respond. They go on a nine-play, 66-yard drive, and Boswell would kick a 70, excuse me, 27-yard field goal, making it 17-7. to Then the tight ends get involved. We've been asking for this, okay? The Hawks go on a drive, and Gerald Everett makes a huge play. Play fake. Geno hits his back foot. He's going to throw down the middle. Got a man open. The ball is caught. Everett breaks a tackle inside the 20, down to the 10, down to the three-yard line, diving for the end zone. He's down at the two as Everett was just incensed that he couldn't get it all the way in. Boy, is it nice to have Gerald Everett back for 40 yards. The Seahawks are cooking first and goal inside the five. This is a guy that they need to make plays, man. This, You know, listen, all the attention on offense is, uh, as it pertains to the passing game is DK and Tyler Lockett, rightfully so. But there's going to have to be a third guy that defenses are going to have to pay attention to 
and it should be Gerald, Gerald Everett. Great play on that play there. Welcome back, Gerald Everett. On that same drive, Will Disley, another tight end, gets involved. He catches a one-yard pass from Geno Smith, capping off a six-play, 60-yard drive, making it 17-14 to Pittsburgh. Play fake. Geno's going to throw the ball. Disley, touchdown, Seahawks! In the right front corner of the end zone, Disley untouched from a yard and a half out. The Seahawks get this ball taken right downfield. A big play, the Gerald Everett pass and run combination, and Disley pays it off. This, the tight ends drive, and the Seahawks draw to within three, 17, 14, well, after the extra point. Well, in this point, it's... At this point, I asked and I received because I wanted tight ends to get involved, and they get involved in the same drive. Will Disley, a little, it was a play action, boot around, you hit Disley in the flat, nice and easy. That made the score 17 to 14. In the fourth quarter, Myers would kick a 40 yard field goal to make it 17 to 7. The Steelers would respond. Boswell would kick a 52 yard field goal to make it 20 to 17. Then the Hawks get the ball, they are driving to win the game, and DK makes an interesting decision. He's going to look that way. He's going to throw outside, reaching up, making the catches. DK on the far sideline. Oh, he fumbles the ball, but the Seahawks get to it. Freddie Swain recovers it, but the clock keeps moving. The clock is ticking down. Five, four, three. Geno's got to snap it. He does. Wow. The Seahawks just get the spike. Now they say the clock ticked off. After review, the ruling on the field of a completed pass stands. When we stopped the game, there was three seconds on the clock. There was a lot going on uh, in that sequence there. <laughs> DK caught the ball on the sideline, could have gone out of, uh, out of bounds with an eight-yard or so gain, decided to turn the ball up the field. As soon as he turned the ball up the field, they knocked the ball out of his hand. Luckily, I think it was Freddie Swain was right there, recovered it, uh, tried to get the ball up to spike it. Uh, spiked it with maybe two seconds left, but then they heard that from up top they had already started to replay to see if it was a fumble, if it was a catch and a fumble, so they actually had three seconds left on the clock, which then upset uh, Mike Tomlin, but then made uh, Pete Carroll super happy, and then we were able to get the field goal off and tie the game up. Here's what we know. They got it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it took forever to get it right, but they got it right. Yeah, and either so, way it went, there was time on the clock for yep. them to, to kick a field goal. I, I will tell the only thing I would say, DK, all we were looking for was five yards. You got eight. Get out of bounds. Yes. We don't bounds. We don't need to go any farther. Don't need hero ball at no. that point. Yeah, if I'm DK Metcalf, I'm getting out of bounds. I'm sure he's going to watch that film. Mm-hmm. He's going to get coached up, and he's mm. going to get it right. Well, anywho, after all that stuff went down, Jason Myers steps up, kicks a 43-yard field goal to send it into overtime. Here's the spot. The kick is away. That kick is good. We are going to overtime in Pittsburgh, tied at 20 apiece. Jason Myers, just as cool as you can be, ties this football game up. Ties the game up. We're feeling good because, you know, we got a quarterback who wins in overtime. But, no, we got (laughs) Geno Smith is the quarterback this time. But we did see Russell Wilson in the coin flip. So, we we got our Russell Wilson appearance there. The Seahawks get the ball in overtime, but they end up punting. So then the Steelers get the football, and rookie Trey Brown makes a football-savvy play on third down. Ben stands strong. Pump fakes. Now he's being chased. Now he's going to throw near side. Getting hit. Getting pushed back. Trey Brown, what a play on Ray Ray McLeod. He catches the ball to McLeod. He was about a yard and a half from picking up the first down, and Trey Brown, like a rocket, comes in. He hits him and knocks him on his wallet, and the 
Steelers are going to be forced to punt. What a play by the rookie. I, not much to add on that because it really was a great play. I, actually, I wish we had Trey Brown's clip. We could just play his description of that play. But they were playing quarters. He played this like a veteran, a, a great veteran, where he held off the turn, read uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And it's it's more the explosiveness, the timing of when to attack that throw in the flat. And it, look, it was, at the time, it was a game saver. You know, they get a first down, they probably go down and kick a field goal and win. So it still gave us a chance. And I'm really Excited to get Trey Brown on the field. Yes, Trey Brown made a big play. Got the Seahawks the football back. The Seahawks would get the ball, and on first down, they line up in a run formation, it looks like. But the Seahawks decide to throw the football, and T.J. Watt makes a huge play to essentially end the game. The play fake. Geno looks, pump fakes. Now he's going to scramble. He fumbles the football. It's picked up by Bush, and Bush is dropped at his own 17-yard line. Geno Smith, his first scramble of the night forward for positive yards and has the ball knocked out of his hands. I think it might have been, I'm sorry to say, T.J. Watt who got there again for yet another big play. If we never see T.J. Watt again, it'll be too soon. T.J. Watt, the highest paid defensive player in the NFL who was causing havoc all night. He pretty much ends that game. Chris Baldwell, Boswell steps up, hits a 37-yard field goal to make the final score 23-20. All right, when we return, we're going to break down the rest of the schedule, give you our game MVPs, and talk to these guys. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Hanging out with the fellas, breaking down this game. And now, who balled out in this game? Game MVP. I think there's a couple of ways we can go with this. I hope I don't have to get involved. I hope you guys make the right decision on this. And because, Paul, you're looking at me crazy, I'm going to Ray Roberts. <laughs> what you got, Ray? <laughs> but it, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like, you know, uh, I, I like the rookie Brown just the way, I mean, his, his, his presser just kind of you know, impressed me with you know his thought in that on the one play that he was making that he made there down the stretch, uh, but also liked that Alex Collins got a hundred yards rushing. We haven't had a hundred yard rusher here in like I don't know a couple of years. I know Chris Carson has hasn't had a hundred yard uh, rushing uh, game in a long time. So um, I liked the way he came out in the second half and really got at it physically. So I'm going to go with Alex Collins. Alex Collins Turbo, DJ Reed thought he set the tone uh, in the secondary. Didn't have didn't give up any big plays. Uh, in the secondary, and the Steelers certainly had opportunities. You know, they challenged him down the field, uh, and he stepped up and he made plays, and he made those plays early. You know, he set the tone, uh, and then you saw that kind of uh, trickle throughout the rest of the secondary throughout that football game. So, D.J. Reed. D.J. Reed was the only player with a pass defended. Nope. Uh, Kim Dietschy had one as well. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, w- so when the ball that bounced off of uh, Jamal Adams' face, that's not a pass defense? It's I an accident. Even, I don't even know what that means. It wasn't uh, an accident. Yeah, he caught that an accident. An, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough one for me. I, I, I'm a bit yeah. of a tiebreaker on this. I guess not completely, but it's it's hard to give to the offense when they played so poorly in the first half. Uh, DJ Reed, actually, I think that's a great call because uh, he did play yeah. well. He had, he had, what, seven tackles. Uh, they had the two passes defense. I think he did set the tempo. We, 
their longest pass play, I, I don't even know if they had one over 20 yards. The, the longest play they had was 25 yards. That was on the sweep, uh, the wide receiver sweep. Um, so we, we did some really good things. I, I'm going to go with uh, DJ Reed as well. I, I think Alan Collins, look, I think what the Seahawks did second half is pretty amazing. We, we had three first downs. We ended up with 15 first downs in the second half. We had 244 yards in the second half when we had around 65 in the first half. So we turned it around completely. And Alex, Seth Tampa, I wish he didn't get hurt because I think maybe this is a different outcome right now. I'll give it to D.J. Reed, man. Defense really stepped up. I thought played well all game. I'm not mad at D.J. Reed at all. But, more, you weren't even thinking about D.J. Reed until no. Turbo said something. Uh, well, look, that's why you go last. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the oldest guy here. I should always go last. <laughs> all right. Well, D.J. Reed, game MVP, which well, I'm fine with. I'm, I'm good with that. I think you could have went Alice Collins or D.J. Reed. Honestly, would, I wasn't thinking about D.J. Who Reed. would you have gone with? I would have gone with Alice Collins. Even after you heard uh, Turbo? Even after. Yeah, even after. Especially because it was, it's about that third quarter, man. That third quarter, they said, look, Alice, you're going to touch this thing eight or nine times, and we got to go. And we all know the struggles that this team has had in the third quarter. So I would attribute Alice Collins to really turning things around. But, no, nah, I like I like D.J. Reed, too. I, and I think it's good that someone from the secondary gets recognized because we've, we've been on them all year. Oh, DJ had a good game. They've been be- yeah. I've always said it's not the corners issue. And look, I'm, I'm really getting excited. Trey Brown, I feel good about it. I've never seen this stat before. And it's not that it hasn't been there. Maybe it just hasn't caught my eye. There's not one Pittsburgh Steeler receiver, running back, tight end that averaged over 10 yards a catch. The, the, the best is nine yards. That was McLeod. He had two uh, receptions. That was Ray Ray. Uh, two for uh, 18 yards, and then another guy, uh, Washington, one for nine yards. Their longest play was 23 yards. The next longest pass was 12 yards. It's absolutely DJ Reed. Now how do you feel about it? Who do you think is the MVP? I'm still rocking with Alex. All right, <laughs> All right let's talk about the schedule coming up. I mean, these guys are in a tough place. Russell Wilson is not available, won't be until maybe after the bye week to have the Saints coming up, the Jaguars coming up. I mean, I, I, the last couple of weeks we've said this is a must win. This is a must win. All right, these are must wins for sure, okay? You got the Saints on Monday Night Football. We talked earlier about all the things that they possess. Um, they have Jameis Winston who can turn the ball over. You have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. You got Taysom Hill. We don't know what he's going to do, where he's going to line up. And then you got the Jaguars. The Jaguars got their first win in London today. Um, Urban Meyer, you still got all that stuff looming over the Jacksonville Jaguars. How important is this next two-game stretch? Well, we go on a bye. That, the next two gets you to four and four. So it gives you a chance if you win the next two. And New Orleans will be difficult. Uh, that will be a tough game. Um, and then you come after the bye, you go at Green Bay and have Arizona at home. Tell me, it, it, it's critical. It's a must. It's must, must. We want to get to our any of our goals to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, you know, losing these early games and there were some games in there. Obviously, there were winnable games. Uh, it's going to make it tough. I mean, winning those these the Saints and the Jaguars. It sounds like it should be a win, but the, the Steelers also sounded like it it could be a win. You know, and uh, and and you found a way to kind of get back in it, but eventually lost. Like Pete said, you know. Can't help the guys with the with the losing part of it. You know they have to figure out how to process that. So, um, but you got to find a way. Like uh, I remember a few years ago when Babino said uh, at the beginning of the season they were trying to work their way out of the Super Bowl loss doldrums. 
and it was about surviving and advancing. And so I think that's what they have to they have to take that mentality when by any means necessary and just survive and advance it to get to that number. Yeah, obviously these next two games are immense. Uh, you know, I I personally haven't felt like any of these games so far this season were quote unquote must wins. Uh, I I don't know, I didn't really label them like that. But now you're in a situation where you know to get to 500 before the bye week, you got to win the next two games, and you don't want to go into you know Green Bay under 500, especially with what we're seeing in our own division right now with Arizona undefeated still. Uh, the, the Rams have only lost one game. And, you know, obviously, you know, the Niners are, I think, like three and two or something like that. So, you know, as it pertains to our division, it's, it, you know, it's huge. So, uh, you know, these next two games are going to be really, really important for the really the future of this season. I think the division is out of the question at this point. It's about putting yourself in position to have a chance Mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. So we shall see what these guys do. Next two games are pretty important, okay? When we return, we will preview the New Orleans Saints. That's next in your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumas with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. Seahawks losing overtime to the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-20. to But they got another primetime game coming up. Monday night football is back in Seattle, and they're taking on the New Orleans Saints. You know, Moyer, I just looked up Winston's stats. He's having an all right Pretty season. Good. Pretty good. 70 for 116, 892 yards, 12 touchdowns, only three I interceptions. eight quarterback rating. He's, and their defense, again, is disruptive. They're, they're, they're a difficult defense. They can give up some yards every once in a while, but they are going to put pressure on your quarterback. We're going to yeah. have to find a way to run it defensively. Look, if there's ever a game you're going to get some turnovers, Jameson is a guy you got a shot at. Yeah. But you just never know. Yeah. Um, extremely tough game. Coming. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say with him, too, is like his stats don't look that bad, but it's not like he is in the game tearing people up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he may pass for like – I think there's one game he passed for like 170 yards or something, yeah. you know, something like that. So he's, he's – they're almost using him not to lose the game. Uh, and then winning the games in other ways. So I, I think you have to – I just think of Denny Green when when he's talking about the Chicago Bears. It's like they are who we thought they were, and we let him off the hook. And so you have to make Jameis Winston be who you think he is and have him – hopefully he'll throw you the ball a few times. You can capitalize on that. And then and then you have to really keep Kamara. I mean, the dude is just – he hasn't had a real explosive game yet, but he, is, he has those in his pocket. I, I just read to Michael Thompson's more than likely coming back. Of course he is. So, which, that's a scary wide receiver now. They yeah. haven't had him. Right. And so, yeah, it'll be fun. Look, <laughs> I, here's what I can't imagine. We're the, we're the king of primetime football. Right. We've lost two in a row. I can't three, three mm-hmm. in a row, back-to-back-to-back losses. It's not happening. Not happening. You know, Ray, you made a good point about Jameis Winston. He got a game of 148, 111, 128, then 226, 279. He's got games where he's thrown five touchdowns and four touchdowns, and none, then two, then one. Yeah. You know, it, he's he's up and down. Mm-hmm. He's up and down, smiles and frowns. So hopefully he's frowning. It's trending in our way. He's coming off uh, his second-best game of the year. Oh, well, never mind. So we'll see what what that looks Just like. Just give me some. So you say we have, so we have a chance. We have a chance. Hey, well, you know what? 
I'm just going to get y'all out of here, man, because y'all look like you've been up for 12 hours. You guys have been grinding. I appreciate y'all. You guys make these long nights fun, okay? Today's final score is Steelers 23, Seahawks 20. You've been listening to C, excuse me, Hot Talk on 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawk Radio Network, Nasa Chobi. Next week, the Seahawks return home to Lumen Field to battle the Saints on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Again, the Seahawks fall to the Steelers in overtime, 23-20.